Attention students, the Jabroni University Network is now in session. Please make your way to class. And on that note, we cue the music. All right, welcome back to Biff Radio. We have a very special series of shows. Uh, it's Women's History Month, and I really wanted to have all women guests on the show. And so I am super excited for my first guest. I, I teased it out last week. Um, I'm excited just because I get to catch up with this person because this person no longer lives uh, in my time zone. They have moved very far away. They have moved very, very far away, but I am extremely happy. So my, my guest is a acclaimed writer who pisses off turfs on the internet and it is delights, um, but also is just a, a great writer. Uh, is the 2020 bartender of the year for the entire Cleveland region. That's all, all the way down. I don't care, you know, Akron, maybe not as far as Akron, but like, I, you know what, Ohio. We're just going to say it was Ohio. Forget those other places that are, you know, amazing. Um, just a really good friend, co-host of This Ends at Prom, an amazing podcast with her wife that I, I always shout out every week on this podcast that everyone should go listen to that podcast first. And then when they're done with that podcast, you come to this podcast. Um, just an awesome, awesome podcast. My good friend, Harmony. Harmony, welcome to the podcast. Hello. I've been mugging for the camera this whole time because I'm just getting showered with compliments and I realize no one's going to see it. <laughs> I saw it and I, I appreciate it. Well, thank you. <laughs> How are you? Oh, I'm I'm tired. I'm still not used to being like three hours different than the Ohio time zone. So like I'm going to bed at like 930 at night and waking up at like six. It's screwing with me real bad. See, that's what I do. But I'm an old man. Um, I have no reason to do it other than my oldness. But I mean, yeah, like right now it's what four o'clock there, right? Yeah. So that's yeah, that's got to I mean, you and you lived in Ohio of your life. So like the whole West coast thing is a bit of a trip. I'm assuming. Oh, it's killing me, especially because like I was a bartender. So I'm used to going to bed at 3am yeah. most days. So now I am just so screwed up and so tired all the time. That is, yeah, it's got, it's when I moved out to California way, way, way back when in 2002, it took me a good amount of time. And like when I wanted to call my parents, I'm like, oh, I'll call my parents. Like, you know, it's like six or seven o'clock, you know, where I was. They're like, no, it's too late, man. It's too late. <laughs> or, you know, vice yeah. versa. My mom, my, my mom was like, oh, I'll call Ben at 9 a.m. when I wake up. Like, mom, it's 6 a.m. on a Saturday. What are you doing, you monster? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had that with uh, a lot of people who are just forgetting the time difference. Yeah. And it's been, it's made scheduling like online hangouts interesting. Oh, where I bet. Like, <laughs> like guests and stuff oh. for the podcast and all that. And that's uh, unfortunately the world kind of works on East Coast time. And if you're not in the in the uh, Eastern time zone, it kind of messes thing up a little bit. Kinda, yeah, it's weird. Though I will say, uh, on the rare occasions I've been watching wrestling this year, it's been real nice that it's like, oh, hey, we're done with the Royal Rumble at like eight o'clock. This oh, is great. That is, that's got to be nice. And if like you could watch like the the West, you know, the you can find the East Coast feed, you'd be done in you know with a three hour Raw. Which who's got time for that? But but yeah, yeah. I I haven't watched Raw since the lockdown, and we stopped showing it at the bar that I worked at. So I, 
I don't know. I definitely don't have time to be watching Raw now. <laughs> no one does. I, I, yeah. it lives on my DVR to be deleted. <laughs> and I, I, I don't, I don't delete the recording because eventually like if something happens, I want to see it. Uh-huh. But I watch most of it like on YouTube, like, or like I, on Twitter. Like it's like, like, like Bobby Lashley won yesterday, won the WWE title. That's mm-hmm. cool. I'm, you know, he's no longer, you know, bending over and smacking his ass. So, eh, yeah. congratulations. Like, I don't know. Yeah. See, from what I understand with that is that apparently Bobby Lashley was just like having a killer 2020. Yeah. And I missed all that. And I'm like, I just know him as like the guy who was having a weird affair with Lana and like showing off his butt to everybody. So this is a stark jump for me. He's come a long way since Sami Zayn and his sisters. Oh, good. I mean, <laughs> that was that was a rough. That was rough. There was like 15 people watching that at the bar and not one of us was like, wow, okay. we're so happy to be wrestling fans right now. <laughs> that was real. That was real bad. So, yeah, yeah. So you and your lovely wife, BJ, moved to California IA at the beginning mm-hmm. of the year. So, I mean, like, what's that been like moving you know, out to, to L.A.? I mean, not only just moving to L.A., but moving to L.A. during a global pandemic. It's mostly involving staring at a lot of different walls. So we're not really going anywhere or doing anything. It's just like, oh, well, it's still indoors. Yeah. But now it's 70 degrees during the day. And that's nice. So that's, that's all I got. <laughs> I was thinking, like, yeah, like when I first was like, oh, man, like I can't wait to like, they should go out here and here. Oh, yeah, that's right. There can't do that. <laughs> So yeah. I mean, eventually you'll be able to like explore your surroundings. But yeah, right now, I mean, again, at least you have the nicer weather. Oh, it's very nice. Like we have windows open right now, not in this room because people are mowing their lawns. But yeah, we've like we have the windows open during the day. It's it's sunny to a point where like I'm getting a slight tension headache because I'm not used to like having to look at like light. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's quite an experience. It's it's very stark. Yeah, you missed the uh the snowpocalypse we got a couple of weeks ago here in Ohio and I'm sure you were just super bummed about not having to dig out your car. <laughs> yeah, no, I was not upset about that, which is funny cuz the day we were packing to move, uh we had to be like on the road by like two o'clock because there was supposed to be a snowstorm that day. And we did not. Yeah, we like zigzagged through like Indiana and stuff like that and managed to avoid all the snow on day one. We did not get snow until we hit California on our last day. (laughs) Fantastic. Yeah, it was we were up in the mountains and uh, wow, people in California do not know how to drive in snow or rain. And it's terrifying. Oh, believe me, like when I when I moved from California back home to Michigan, One, finding snow tires in San Jose, California was a labor. It was a Herculean Mm -hmm. task. Like, like, do you have snow tires? And like, why? Why Why would we have snow tires? And then like when we got up to like Big Sur and all that stuff, and like we were going up, it was just like people were just like lost their mind. They're all the ski people. They're coming from Silicon Valley. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Weather, they like weather freaks out Californians and it's hilarious. It's Uh, kind of scary, but it's also hilarious. Yeah. When we got out of the mountains, it was like a rainstorm, which like L.A. doesn't get rain ever. So their roads aren't built for rain. And in like 45 minutes, we saw like 12 accidents. Jesus. It was ridiculous. So that was pretty much all of the driving I've I've done aside from like a 
two trips to Aldi's and one trip to Home Depot. Aside from that, I haven't left the apartment other than walks since we got here like two months ago. Well, I mean, I, I can't wait for you guys to be able to <clears throat> to you know, explore your new surroundings, but obviously keeping safe is really important. Mm-hmm. And I know you guys are pumping out a lot of content on the podcast on the Sunset Prom. So that's got to be kind of helpful to ha- at least have that, you know, activity. And you both are doing a lot of writing. So like at least you're mm-hmm. doing stuff, but it just, it's probably got to be like, I want to explore my new home. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm more than a little bit scare crazy, yeah. which like, I don't really like warm weather. Uh, I don't much care for the sun. <laughs> But I'm here and I'm like, well, I have to use it, right? Like, like otherwise a- everyone in Ohio is going to be mad at me. So <laughs> I'm going for obligatory walks every other day because I feel guilty. Well, I mean, it's things are getting a little bit better here. I mean, like we, we, we have <clears throat> the false Ohio spring at the end mm-hmm. of February, early March. So like it was like 50 degrees, windows are down. I had shorts on on, on Saturday because mm-hmm. I'm in my thirties and white from the Midwest. I'm like, it's shorts weather. And of course, as soon as the sun went down, it is definitively not shorts weather. But uh-huh. I did it because I'm that guy and it was cool. But yeah, it's, I, I, I mean, I miss California. I don't miss California prices and California drivers and other things. But in the, in the dead of winter, when I'm digging out my car, I'm like, I lived there. Why did mm-hmm. I come back? <laughs> so our podcast, like you brought up a topic on Twitter and you are an excellent Twitter follow. And we obviously uh, we will do all of our plugs uh, towards the end, but it, everyone should definitely follow you on Twitter. You brought up, you know, are people listening to live albums because we haven't had any like, like what's the last live show that you went to before lockdown? See, I was trying to figure that out out and i can't say for sure i think it might have been matt and kim oh wow which would have been like 2019 like november or something like that oh man i had like a million concerts lined up for um for 2020 and of course none of them ended up panning out and i survived off the stimulus package of refunded concert tickets for a hot bit there yeah but uh yeah no it's been probably like 16 months or something and that's the longest I've gone without seeing a live show since I was like 14 years old. Yeah. I mean, like I, I, I haven't gone to any wrestling shows. I haven't gone to any concerts. I mean, like let alone, like I haven't, I haven't sat in a restaurant since mm-hmm. we, so right like a year ago today, I would, I was in Orlando, Florida at Harry Potter world which mm-hmm. is terrifying to think about now. Like the amount of <laughs> yeah. people it is. And like the pandemic was starting at that point. It was pre Tom Hanks. So, you know, we were in a, we were in a fairy tale world. Like, Oh, it's fine. It won't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, like haven't seen a live show or anything like that. And it's just like, it boggles my mind. And part of me thinks like, I can't wait. Another part of me is like, my anxiety was already not great. Like I went to an AIW show at, uh, um, down in the flats and it was, it was that one of the rock clubs. I can't remember the the venue's name, but it was very tight. And I was like, eh, mm-hmm. this is too much for me. And so now like after a year and a half of like avoiding crowds bigger than like 10 people, I'm like, part of me is like, yeah. Other part of me is like, Oh God, Oh God, Oh God, Oh God. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Once I, uh, once I get vaccined, I, I might feel a little bit better about that. But aside from just having to brush off all of like, 
my defense mechanisms of being in a uh, aggressively red swing state when I go outside, I'm now going to have to deal with like shrugging off the, oh my God, that old lady isn't wearing a mask and isn't scooting over on the sidewalk. I'm going to have to like shake that off too. So like, I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to know how to function in society anymore. We're going to all have to really relearn what it is to be in society, in a shared society. Mm-hmm, for sure. Terrifying. But so, yeah, so you brought up the idea of like, you know, are people listening to live albums to get that experience of going to a, a live show? And I, I've, I found that really interesting because I, I, I think I have like, un, you know, not consciously, but I've been listening to more live albums. And so I guess like, what about the, like the live album? Is it just like, you know, here in the crowd or like, I guess like kind of what brought that to your, your, your forefront to, to post that? Um, well, I've been listening to a disgusting amount of uh, a guy named Jeff Rosenstock, whom I love, and he's going to make an appearance a little bit later on when we're actually playing music. Uh, he's pretty much my my dude who's gotten me through my 20s. And uh, he's all of his songs are, uh, especially from his solo career, are basically about being like stressed about politics and police brutality and the general going ons of like living in the the current 21st century. And uh, yeah, pretty much all those feelings have been amplified throughout 2020, uh, including his album, No Dream, which came out, which uh, is really good and has nothing but miserable topics, but it is pure raw energy and it's fantastic. But uh, he has a live album that's like two hours long and it's a small venue and it's kind of sloppy and the qu- audio quality is not the best, but everyone is like so hype for it. And you can hear people like yelling stuff from the stage and clapping and stomping. And it's it's just I miss the energy of being in that space, because when you're at a concert, you really don't have to worry. I mean, at least in a pre pandemic world, you don't have to worry about uh, really anything else. You just kind of slam into people and then you go on back to listening to the music and then you slam into some more people and you just rinse and repeat that for like an hour or so. And that's all you have to focus on. Don't get knocked over and enjoy the loud audio assault in the Agora or, you know, the, the, the wherever you happen to be. Yeah. Um, the grog shop. I don't know where, oh, wherever I would be at the time. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just I miss that raw communal energy of being around people and we're all sharing the same experience and having the same reaction. And and it it, it sucks that I don't have any of that right now. The closest you get is seeing people on Twitter who are like, grr, I'm mad about something. Why do people like WandaVision? You shouldn't like things. So oh, I, I'm not getting a lot of positive communal experiences no, lately. And yeah, it's I think. I think everyone's kind of reached a, a mass point when it comes to. Yeah. Yeah. And one division thing is uh, people with their bad takes about one division, but that's a rant for another day. So <laughs> when it comes to music, so like we're going to build a list of you know, songs from, from live albums that we, we both love that, you know, get 
that feeling of that. Cause I, again, I love concerts. I love going to live music. I love the experience mm-hmm. of, you know, it's one thing to like, you know, buy a CD or you know, stream an album, but to like, I'm going to pay my money. I'm going to physically go there and have this shared experience with people. Cause no two concerts are the same. And there are bands mm-hmm. I've seen a ton of times and every single time is a, a different experience, different atmosphere, different energy. And I, I do miss that. I do miss that, that, that love of, of being a live show, a live concert, a live wrestling show, even a play, like just like that, that shared experience that, you know, we are a snapshot of humanity. We will all never be in the same place again. But we're going to mm-hmm. share this experience, go through it and we will be different people when we walk out of here. So I, I missed that. So let's go and start this, this fine playlist. So uh, my guest always goes first. So uh, what is your first song? Uh, my first song is called HRSB by Beach Goons, who uh, are a band that I actually saw open for Matt and Kim the last time I saw them. And, you know, every every live album, every live show you go to needs a good opener, you know, and uh, I think that these guys are super duper fun. Uh, I'd never seen them or heard them before, but they really impressed me. And uh, I I think a lot of the uh, live music these days, you're not getting like bona fide live albums. You're getting a lot of uh, tiny desk concerts or live from Audio Tree or live at the BBC, where it's basically like almost an MTV unplugged, but with even fewer people. And uh, you know what? Not a lot of people cheer for the opener. So the lack of crowd noise for an audio tree concert is weirdly appropriate. Definitely. So I've never heard this band and I, I love that. So I'm super excited. So here is the Beach Goons with their song HRSB audio tree live version. Here we go. Yeah, there's something about the older I get, which I say as someone who's almost 30, but not quite there. But the older I get, the more I love this very youthful energy of uh, modern bands, like this garage sound that you can only get from when you're a, a new band and your knees don't hurt yet. Yes, I completely understand that. 
It's that youthful. I mean, believe me, as someone who is much closer to 40 than 30, um, <laughs> I understand that completely and, and appreciate that. And it's, mm-hmm. it's that recklessness of like, they, you know, you, that band can be completely different in two, three years, but right now that is mm-hmm. such a snapshot of, of that energy that, Oh, I, I really like that. I'm going to have to listen to more of them. The beach goons. I like that. Oh, that's a, that's a fun name. I like that name. Yeah. They're super fun live. Like once things are open, if you get the chance or if you just listen in your spare time, uh, they sing a lot of songs in Spanish, oh, which nice. is cool. Uh, HRSB is actually short for hood rat scumbags. So, you know, Fantastic. like dirty little street kids love that. God loves it. <laughs> they're dirty they're dirty super kids. great. Awesome. I like it. So my first song is actually a, uh, a, I was at this show. So I'm in the crowd for this. Uh, it was mm-hmm. recorded back in uh, 2004, way back when. Um, my favorite band of all time, as people know, listen to the podcast, is the Bare Naked Ladies. And uh, they, when they had their Everything to Everyone uh, tour, they recorded a bunch of the live shows. And you can get, you can still get a bunch of their live shows um, from that tour. And one of the things that they absolutely, I love that they did is that one week, obviously their biggest, their biggest hit from their catalog, uh, at least stateside, is they did a lot of stripped down versions of it where the entire band just got around one microphone and they did it uh, very much like a bluegrass style. And it, just, it was a different take on the song, which I really liked. I remember being at that show. I had just moved back from California and I was not, I was in a weird headspace and I didn't know what I was going to do with my life after that. I ended up moving to Memphis, Tennessee about a, two weeks later, which is a real head trip going from California to Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that was, that was, I, I remember having, I had my car that I had bought in California. I was driving down downtown Memphis and having rocks run in my car and having a certain slur th- because they saw California plates and they just made assumptions. I'm like, fantastic. But the food yeah. was really good in Memphis. So, you know, All right. <laughs> so uh, here is um, from Grand Rapids, Michigan back in 04, one week by the bare naked ladies. If you listen really closely, you won't hear me, but you know, just know that I'm in the crowd somewhere. It's been one week since you looked at me. Got your hand on the side and said I'm angry. Five days since you laughed at me. Saying, get that together, come back and see me. Three days since you're living room. I realized it's on my phone, but couldn't tell you yesterday. You've forgiven me, but it'll still be two days till I say I'm sorry. Hope you never watch the hood wink as I make you stop thinking. You think you're looking at acting, man. Something pitched to the dish, although I like the shallots, I like the sushi. Never touch a frying pan. I like wasabi when I bust rhymes. Make like the end rhymes, because I'm all about value. Bird campers got the mad hits. You try to match wits. You try to hold me, but I bust through. Gonna make a break and take a bake. I like a sneak and make a shake. I like vanilla. It's the finest of the flavors. I need the show, cause then you know the vertigo is gonna go. Cause it's a dangerous, you'll have me sign a waiver. Can't help it if you think you're funny when you're mad. Trying hard not to smile, though I feel bad. I'm the kind of guy who laughs at a funeral. Can't understand what I mean, but you soon will. Have a tendency to wear my mind, I'm asleep. Have a history of taking off my shirt. It's been one week since you looked at me. Rums in the air and said you're crazy. Five days since you tackled me. I still got the rug burns on both my knees. It's been three days since the afternoon. You realize it's not my fault. I'm over too soon. Yesterday you've forgiven me. So now I'll sit back and wait till you say you're sorry. 
I just, I love it. I, I miss the band. <laughs> I miss the band. Obviously, oh. that band's different now, but I miss them. Uh, that was really great. I, uh, I, I was just talking to my wife, BJ, the other day about how during uh, probably like 10 years ago, I went through a, like a real intense like alternative bluegrass phase for like six months. <laughs> and I'm like, I think I need to get back into that. And that just was reminding me of it. But a uh, fun story about the bare naked ladies is I like most people am a, a very casual fan. I know maybe four or five songs on a good day. And uh, I listened to your episode that featured nothing but bare naked ladies. And I went, shit, I think I like the bare naked ladies and need to listen to more. <laughs> <laughs> like their old stuff is really good. And like um, in, in, in May or April, I'm going to uh, pick back up with that series. And like their early stuff is great. And I don't blame anyone who like knows one week, maybe knows um, a little too late or you know, a couple of other songs, but like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a niche band. I have, you know, I have no delusions that like, like most people will think they're a one hit wonder. I get that. I understand that. I understand mm-hmm. that. There is a very specific, like, like, like when they were playing Nautica here in Cleveland a couple of years ago, my wife and I went, we were the youngest people in the crowd by a good mm-hmm. 10 to 15 years because like they got really big during the early nineties and co- for college. Rock. Yeah. So like a lot of people in their late forties, early fifties are like bare naked ladies. And we're like, <laughs> I liked one week. <laughs> I just when I found him. <laughs> I was, I still, I stuck on. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. And I mean, I've, um, the lead singer, well, the former lead singer, Stephen Page has been doing concerts every Saturday since God, like May of la- last year. And mm-hmm. I've caught a lot of them and uh, it's just, it's super nostalgia, but you know, it, 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 you know, I think a lot of people have been doing a lot of nostalgia type things during quarantine. Like, Oh yeah. It's, it's like, like comfort food. What's your big nostalgia thing that you've done during the, the quarantine? Uh, I watched all of King of the Hill twice. Wow. <laughs> I wa- I watched it uh, backwards because the last season I caught, um, I haven't, I haven't lived somewhere with cable in about 10 years and the King of the Hill went off the air in 2011. So I uh, I missed some of the episodes just randomly throughout that last season. I'm like, I'm going to catch up on those because uh, I tend to just put that on in the background when I need a show in the background because it's funny, but like casual enough that you don't have to pay attention. Yeah. And so I caught those and then ended up just watching the whole thing in reverse and then watched it. Uh, by the time it got to season one and two, I was like, wow, some of this writing is really rough. <laughs> And uh, then I went, I don't want to watch these old episodes from the first season because they're Hank Hill is much more less, much less angry. And in the later seasons, he mellowed out with age. And yes. So then I watched it forward. Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched King of the Hill in quite a while. I, it's I mean, I, um, you know, friend of the podcast, former guest on another iteration, uh, Shrimp Cocktail, big fan of, oh. of King of the Hill. Yeah, I love shrimp. Uh, I think that she did really well when we did King of the Hill. I used to work at. I want to say she placed like top two or something like that. Yeah, I, that does not surprise me. She is she's quite knowledgeable when it comes to that. Um, my thing was I watched The West Wing for like the fifth or sixth time. Um, uh huh. Mostly because also, The West Wing is a very, very, very idealistic version of. Eh, like liberal neoliberal, but like, you know, 
still even like it's it's problematic at times, but it's still it's one of those comfort things. And then I watch Tango and Cash a bunch, <laughs> which I okay. still like, I still like to think that ta- like that that Cash Allen is named after uh, Tango and Cash. Um, <laughs> I just like I I always found the movie really funny because it you know made fun of like uh, Sylvester Stallone is in it, and he like makes fun of Rambo at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just such a it's such a farcical yet not at all uh, action movie. I don't know why. It's just something I, I like. It. It's that late 80s, early 90s ridiculousness. of. Uh, it's, and also, I, I have a big crush on Kurt Russell. Oh, well, I mean, who doesn't? He is one of the most handsome men. Yes. Oh, God. I mean, okay. like, I, Which version of Kurt Russell is your favorite, though? Oh, man. Um, I mean, Big Trouble in Little China is probably right up there. Yeah, I mean that's that's his best role without the beard because so I mean, many the, of his best roles like it or uh, the thing where he's oh, got the, the beard. Is, yeah, uh, even he's though he's a daddy, he's looking real good in Tango and Cash. I, I would say give that a watch because uh, he looks lots of lots of shirts off with that, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> Love it. All right, I so, will because I I've never actually seen that movie. I'm only aware of it. Oh, it's it, I mean it is it is. Pair it with another cheesy action film, and you've got a great you know, double header. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So, what is your second pick? My second song. Speaking of a niche '90s bands, <laughs> that spot it's on. a it is a Army by Ben Folds. This was on his uh, first tour uh, since Ben Folds Five broke up. So he was still doing a lot of the uh, Ben Folds Five songs and along with his uh, solo hits and some covers. And uh, I really, really love this live version because you don't hear it on this track because it's at the end of the track that's before it. But he basically like divides the crowd up and says, OK, here's the people who are going to sing this part of the horn solo. And here's the people that are going to sing this part of the horn solo. And I've been to a few shows that have done stuff like that, including Ben Fold's show as well, um, when he performed this song on his paper airplane request tour a few years ago. Oh, man. And uh, it's always so much fun to just feel involved. It's it's a similar sort of thing to how wrestling fans love to feel involved, you know. But uh, Ben Fold's had just one of the weirdest concepts for a uh, for a tour where he just goes, Hey, I'm going to play 10 songs I want to play, then throw paper airplanes with your requests on them on the stage, and then I'm just going to play 10 of those. That is awesome. I love everything about it is. that. I love Ben Folds. Ben Folds is someone that I was I, I was introduced to him by Brick. And mm-hmm. so that's like, like, I'm thinking like, oh man, this is a really depressing band. And then like you listen to like, you know, a lot of it, other music, and it's just so good. And he's just such a great musician and his solo stuff and stuff with Ben Fold five. Oh, I love him to death. Same. So here is army and, uh, enjoy. I thought about the army.
I wish I played the piano. Same. I uh, I tried to learn how, but I uh, don't have a brain that's good for functioning like multitasking. So I can't have my hands do things independently of each other. That's. I it's mean, a- that would probably yeah, not make things hard. Um, yeah, <laughs> we like we have a piano in our house. Like, it was my my wife's parents' piano. It sits there. It's at, it's wildly out of tune. Um, yeah, but it sits there and it kind of mocks me. I'm like, you can't play me. You can't. I mean, I played the trumpet in high in middle school and high school. I could not like say you know, play it to save my life now. But I love I liked playing music back then. But also, my big old sausage fingers dexterity was never the thing. These things mm-hmm. don't move quickly. Um, <laughs> that's why I was also really bad at um, Guitar Hero. I was oh, yeah. horrible at Guitar Hero. I was real good at Guitar Hero back in the day and was mediocre at guitar. That's why I, I gave my guitars to Cash Allen. <laughs> I uh, My wife randomly, oh God, it was a couple of months ago, was like, does your Xbox play Guitar Hero? I'm like, no, but we can make that happen. And so, like, I was, like, this close to buying an Xbox 360 and, like, Guitar Heroes, like, sinking <laughs> hundreds of dollars into this. And she's like, it's not that serious. Don't do that. I'm like, but we could play games. She's like, yeah, I just had a whim. And I just, like, wanted to know if, like, the thing we already own could do that. I'm like, okay, okay, well, next next time when you talk about video games, don't get me so excited. Because, like, I'm thinking, like, we're going to game. I still have Sonic the Hedgehog on that thing so you could play. Even though she's really good at um, Mario Kart, too, like scary oh. good, like scary oh, yeah? good at it, which is also um, I'm going to try to get her to play Splatoon. I know you're a huge fan of Splatoon, too. Love Splatoon. I love it so much. I've sunk like 300 some hours into Splatoon. <laughs> I um, I want to play that because I, I want to play Splatoon with you. And then my good friend, Dan Hildebrandt. Um, who's one of my groomsmen funny start. He uh, just moved back from California. He's now living back in Grand Rapids, Michigan. He's a big fan. I'm, I, I'm trying to get back into online gaming. Cause like, I worry that I forgot what it is to be a friend to people. Cause like, uh-huh. I just, I haven't, I obviously I haven't hung out with, with anyone. And like, I've tried to do zoom calls with people and phone calls with people. But like the idea of actually like, you know, interacting with other humans, like on a one-on-one, th- or like in a group setting. I don't know if I remember how to, I was, I was bad at it beforehand. I was bad at it when we had all the options in the world. So like, I have to relearn that. So now I'm trying to like, you know, do online gaming. So I'm going to try to play like Madden with people. And I've discovered, uh, I've started playing Warzone, but I play it. I don't want to kill people. I just run around and like get on, like they have vehicles and I just drive around in a circle and so, so someone kills me. <laughs> and I just like, and like the people get so mad. Like that's not how you play. I'm like, but why? Like, or I just hide. Like it's like, I just, you know, a very intense hide and go seek. You know what? I, I respect that. You're just, you're playing your own game and that's all that matters. You paid for it. You can do what you want with it. That's exactly <laughs> it. And I don't know why I just thought about this. Um, I was listening to a, a, a podcast uh, fat, uh, fat man beyond with Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin. And he mm-hmm. gave a low key shout out to your wife. Wait, what? Yeah. He was talking about how he wants to direct, uh, he's directing a short and I th- well, not a direct uh, shout out, but he's like, yeah, like I have friends like, you know, directing movies. Like I'm in my twenties and I, I'm Cleveland, Ohio. And I directed a movie and I'm like, <laughs> aha, 
because I know him and BJ are like, they know each other. Like, cause they, they've uh, interacted on Twitter. And I was like, mm-hmm. the first time I was like, my mind was blown. I'm like someone I know, know someone who I watch on the internet. Ah, <laughs> I, was about, I was like, I was picking up sushi when I was watching that. I was listening to it. I'm like, I think I know what he's talking about. <laughs> Cause I know someone yeah, in Cleveland who directed a movie. BJ knows everyone, or at least everyone knows her indirectly. Yes. Because when you meet her, you never forget her. She's very distinct. (laughs) I mean, you, but better than anyone in the world would know that. But yes. And I mean, just like I was listening to that. I was like, like that that meme of Leonardo DiCaprio. I was like, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) I can connect the dots on this one. Uh, I love that. So one of the things that I've also started doing um, in quarantine again was drugs. <laughs> cool. Um, no, I just like I for like for the longest time because of you know anxiety, mental health issues, and like you know physical stuff, I wanted to you know not experiment, but like you know with, with marijuana and you know help, see what what that would do to help me with, with those things, and it right. has like a great deal with pain management because I've started to work out again. My hips are extremely tight and taking I half an edible and I'm, I feel much better. Mm-hmm. I get anxious about things much better. I watch WandaVision and I'm coming up with every single thing that's not going to happen, but it's amazing. <laughs> um, and it all comes back. So when I moved to California right after high school, I had never like no one had ever offered me drugs because I was the nerdiest guy in, in school. Mm-hmm. So when I moved out there, I got introduced to a band called OAR. They're okay. like, like super fratty guys from new England. Like that's, uh, uh, but like they're, you know, very much like a, like a jam band. And so one of the albums that my friends that, that you know, kind of got me into both things um, was the, the, a live album uh, on, on that album. They have junior, uh, junior Marvin from, um, our Marley's band is, is on it, but this song, it's a 12 minute opus. It's called, that was a crazy game of poker. And I remember the first time I ever got high and listening to this song. And like, it was such like a stereotypical, like I can see the music. It's so deep, man. Like I was that guy. Like, I'm sure everyone was like, Oh Jesus Christ. Like the kid from, you know, country bumpkin is having the movie version of high. And I was like, this is amazing guys. Like, I don't know if you know this, but the music feels so much better when you're high. Like, like I was John Stewart's character from half baked. Like you're uh-huh. music, you ever listen to music on weed. I was that guy. And so I decided like, yeah, I was going to take an edible and listen to this, this album again, see if I got the same feels. My tolerance was real low. So I went like, I remember like sitting there and like, this is nothing, this is nothing. And then it's like, I was on a really big slide and I just slid in and I got the same feeling. (laughs) And I was texting my friends and they're like, okay, stop talking about this. I'm putting my kids down for their, their nap. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. What the hell are you doing? So <laughs> here is a crazy, that was a crazy game of poker. And uh, just imagine a, a spry faced 20 or 19 year old Ben uh, listening to the song for the first time, baked out of his mind.
crunchy the real, real crunchy vibes yeah i like that that's a it's like if billy bragg traded out politics for fun that's, <laughs> which that's amazing that's amazing thank you also speaking of like weed like one of those weird things that i'm getting used to with california is that like weed's legal here and I, I prefer to drink my drug uh, as, as opposed to partake in uh, the marijuana. But the fact that I can just smell weed at any given time, anywhere I go, and that there's like, you can get it DoorDash to your house. That's like, amazing. it's so wild. Like, that's the thing. Like, you know, the state of Michigan, it's legal. Uh-huh. So I'm not going like, to so say, yeah, like, we had to drive to Michigan. And like, it's crazy to me. Cause I, I always use the example, like Colorado, they're making hand over fist with tax money. California, mm-hmm. I'm sure is the same way. Every state that's legalized it for recreational use has so much money in revenue. Why, mm-hmm. why aren't we doing this? Ohio is just one of the most stubborn and like counterintuitive states in the country for some reason. I, I will never understand why. Well, I mean, I think it's, to me, it's, you know, and I, uh, you've lived here longer, but like you have, if if Cal- if Ohio was in two, was actually two states, the northern part, I think, would, would have, would, 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 you know, legalize it in a heartbeat, would have legalized it long ago. It's that southern part. It's like, you know, basically everything past Columbus. And it's just, and all, I mean, there's also a lot of farm area. Like uh, there's the mm-hmm. big cities and there's a lot of space in between. Yeah, you, you've basically got your three main pockets of like the three big C's, Cincinnati, Columbus and Cleveland, and then maybe like a little bit of Toledo or something like the Bowling Green area. And uh, yeah, it's just a sea of red. And that the, all of that emptiness ends up making all of the decisions for the state. So uh, it's, it's very frustrating. Very, very frustrating. But uh, one, one day, I mean, maybe. Hey, I don't know. Maybe the president will live up to some of his, his campaign promises. And, <laughs> we'll see. I'm a pessimist at this point. <laughs> I mean, that way like, my expectations can only be exceeded. It's like, yeah, it's not Trump. That's the floor. Like we've now yeah. reached the floor. Let's go a little higher. Let's just inch our way up. Yeah, uh, it's like, hey, I didn't burn down a house. It's like, cool, you're not supposed to. You don't get points for not doing the bad thing. It's like, I want $2,000 so I don't get evicted. Would you take bombing of Syria? No, not, yeah. not equal. It's not equal. No, not a, not really a fan. Uh, I'd say it's pretty low on my list of priorities right now. Yeah, that's a... Uh, uh, moving on <laughs> Number three. Moving on, uh, I think I think it's my pick, right? Yes, ma'am. So, uh, so this is probably one of the most far from political bands on the planet. Uh, I have Fair. described them as the Hibachi Grill of bands, 
which is like, there's more efficient ways to eat food than in an onion volcano, but I'm there for the spectacle. We're talking about uh, the like quote unquote greatest band in the world, Kiss. That's fantastic. The hibachi, I like that a lot. I bet Thank you could sell you. that to Gene Simmons and he would buy it because that dude, he's a marketing genius, if, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Oh, Gene is, uh, he's very savvy and he's no Kiss fan's favorite thing about Kiss. That is correct. Yeah, uh, I actually saw Kiss live on what is will not probably end up being their farewell tour because I think they've had three or four at this point. But I saw them live on uh, their final tour, allegedly, uh, a few years ago on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, wow. Oh, boy. There was a lot of like Kiss makeup. But instead of like stars, they had shamrocks over the eye and a lot of drunk dads and uh, party moms. It was one of the most fun shows I've ever seen. I <laughs> like hands down. That's that. Oh man. Give me the documentary on that. Oh God. It was incredible. And then finding a place for the Uber to pick us up. It was just drunk people falling down. I saw multiple, uh, multiple like vaginas and butts from women in skirts falling over in their like six inch platform boots that they are not sober enough to walk in anymore. Uh, and it really capped off a night that involved rockets shooting out of guitars at UFOs and disgusting old Gene Simmons drooling blood and making sexual gestures at women half his age. And uh, th- there's something that no live album can truly capture, which is the spectacle and the theatrics of certain bands. Like uh, Alice Cooper also has an amazing live show that just doesn't translate to a live album. Or uh, Puddle's Pity Party does a lot of, like, mime work and visual media stuff when you see him live. And he's incredible in between his sad clown covers. And I think Kiss is probably the best band whose, like, explosions and weird sound effects all actually make it onto the album. And it enhances the music. Because in the studio, Kiss is a little flimsy sounding. They don't sound great. But when you have speakers that big and like dynamite, doesn't matter. You'll make up for it. Yeah. No, I, I've never had the pleasure of seeing Kiss, but yeah, that's it seems like a spectacle is the only word really to describe a, a Kiss show. Yeah, if you want big, dumb stadium rock, it's the best of the best. So uh, this song is my favorite Kiss song, and uh, it's called Black Diamond. Let's go.
there's just something about that kind of dad rock that just like I love it. I mean, when I saw him live, it was mostly dads. Uh, the Kiss Army does not have a lot of young recruits. I can't imagine uh, a lot of Generation Z, Gen Zers are really signing up for that. Like, no, uh, not at all. Though I will say uh, Paul Stanley, one of the most underrated front men in rock, because he is still in great shape, still wearing tight leather pants and shaking his little hips on stage at like 75 years old. And uh, he is a marvelous Twitter follow because it's mostly him just posting pictures of him in a helmet because he went for a bike ride and complaining about how much he hates Republicans. I'm on board. So that, that actually that makes me feel because I think I think I want to say Gene Simmons is Trumpy. If he's- I'm not sure if Gene is, but Gene sucks and nobody likes Gene. You just kind of accept him. Yeah. I mean, like I guess I know I know Ace Freely is Trumpy. But he, Ace hasn't been in the band for a while. Yeah. No, Paul Stanley is great. Like, I think Paul, yeah, Paul Stanley gets overshadowed by Gene Simmons because Gene Simmons is just a lot. Like he is. Yeah. Just, but no. uh, Gene, Gene, uh, he gets a lot of the cool theatrics. He's got the devil makeup and the big spiky shoulder blades and he breathes fire. But I saw Paul Stanley trapeze across the Quicken Loans Arena in like above like 70,000 people while playing guitar with one hand and singing a song about his penis. So that man is incredible. <laughs> that is something that, wow. That is like the mental visual I have, I'm sure is not even t- close to what the actual visual was. That is, I, I, I salute him. I salute his, his awesomeness. Oh man, <laughs> kiss, 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 kiss. So my next song here, um, I, I've been also watching, rewatching a lot of live music documentaries and, and movies. And one mm-hmm. that I really, really enjoy uh, is Dave Chappelle's Block Party. Okay. Um, big fan of that. I mean, Dave Chappelle, I go back and forth on Dave Chappelle because, I mean, Chappelle Show, really enjoyed Chappelle Show when I was growing up. He has a lot of takes that I disagree with quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, so one of the things I loved about this is, um, one of my favorite like, bands that or groups that only had one album was black star. Cause I'm a huge fan of most Def and Talib Kweli. Mm-hmm. And he got them to reunite and play some of their music on this big concert. And I absolutely love that. They only had the one album out there. And so I've listened to this quite, uh, quite a while. So uh, here is one of their songs, my favorite song off the album. Here's Definition by Black Star, live version from the Dave Chappelle's Block Party. Two 
Steph, he retired. I mean, I get why he retired, but he retired too soon in my eyes. But I just, it's a, it's a good one. It has Erica Badu, The Roots, uh, Jill Scott. Uh, it's just a, it's a great, great lineup. Um, if you can get past some of Dave Chappelle's more toxic views, at least it's a good music from that show. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just because I came up in a certain era, but like ensemble hip hop is always like in my heart as like my favorite, I, whether it's uh, like doom tree or public enemy or th- to some extent, the beastie boys, uh, mostly Paul's boutique at this point. Cause their later stuff's fine. It's just, doesn't quite have the lyric, the political substance that like them outside the music had um, even like run the jewels has a lot of that feel of like an ensemble, even though it's just like two guys. So yeah, I, love I don't, I just, it just feels good to me. I love it so much more than like an individual guy. Oh, for sure. I mean, <laughs> maybe I just like energy, bands <laughs> energy that they have. I mean, like there was uh, a doc I was watching and it had um, footage of a tribe called quest and getting all mm-hmm. those guys on stage and, um, the, you know, concert stuff with like the Fugees and just like, yeah, that energy is just so, yeah, I agree. And also, I mean, live hip hop is hit or miss for me. Because sometimes it, it the, the, you know, they're just phoning it in. They're just mm-hmm. rapping over their own track and like, you paid to see me. I'm going to do the bare minimum. Cool. A lot of yeah. other artists do that, but I mean, oh, when you get that energy, man, oh man, you gotta love it. Yeah. When I was really young, I didn't understand because it was still the era of like MTV unplugged and stuff like that in the early to mid nineties. And I didn't understand the appeal of live music because I was like, oh, why would you spend all this money to go see someone perform a worse version of what you own on a CD? And one, that was a very uh, misguided opinion of small me to have. But uh, I mean, it is true for some people. And uh, I don't know, sucks when someone's phoning it in. But I've seen plenty of people who are are not rapping over like a recorded track, phone it in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially a lot of the older bands. Uh, like I've seen Def Leppard, and they're awful. <laughs> the, one of the worst live uh, concerts I ever saw was the Wallflowers. Really? The like musically great, but it was literally mm-hmm. like play a song, clap clap clap. Here's the next song. Like no mm-hmm. interaction with the crowd. Like it's ah. just like nothing. 
like give, gave nothing. And it was, it was a weird uh, time because it was at, it was in San Francisco. I was at the war field two days later. No, sorry. Three days later, I was seeing Bob Dylan. Uh-huh. I, was, I was in the front row. I was like, Hey, I'm going to see your dad in a couple of days. You want me to tell him anything? <laughs> Didn't appreciate it. But then like I saw I'm Bob sure. Dylan and like he, all these stories and all this crowd work. And I don't know. Like it was just like, like when I go to a show, like, like, yeah, I could listen to a live album. And like, that's what I was getting. I was getting a live album that I paid a lot for. It's <laughs> like, give me mm-hmm. something. Give me like, that's why I love Barry Naked Ladies shows. Cause they, they would always do like little improv and they would just like, again, everything, like, you know, little things that were just different and unique and off the cuff. And that's what I love about like live shows. When those things happen when it's just like, okay, I'm gonna play my song. It sounded great, but like, I need more. Like I need more mm-hmm. for this experience other than you just playing the song that I, I enjoy, but like, give it to me more, man. Come on. No, I agree. Uh, one band that I really wish had a, a live album to include here. So I'm just going to talk about them a- outside of having them on my playlist Okay, <laughs> is uh, Matt and Kim, because I they're slowly rocketing up. They're going to upseat my next pick at some point of the band I've seen live more than anyone else, because I see them every single chance I get. Uh, they always put on an amazing show, but they'll never probably put out a live album. And if they did, it wouldn't capture the energy of um, throwing blow up dolls with their faces on them into the crowd, <laughs> playing the drums with giant dildos, uh, random dance breaks for music that they will not probably get the rights to to include on a live album. <laughs> Lots of balloons and confetti shot out at people. Just this pure raw energy that just compounds on top of them being a couple who's just so beautifully in love and also shit on each other kind of a little bit because Matt can't dance. It's, it's really beautiful. And uh, yeah, one day they're going to upseat my next pick, but as my most seen band, but they're not there yet. So your next pick, like uh, your next pick, I'm, I'm big fan of your next pick. So mm-hmm. let's dive in. Cause I'm a big fan of this band. Uh, My next pick is Against Me. I have seen them pretty much every, up until 2020, uh, 2019 maybe, I had seen them every year for like eight years straight. Um, Before Laura Jane Grace transitioned, I had seen them a couple times. I've seen them since. And uh, they, it's hard for me to say whether it's just because they're aging punks but their shows are getting different, I guess, than when they used to like 10 years ago. Um, they're not as intense. The crowd's not as intense because now there is um, people who didn't come up with them through the kind of a, a dirty cowpunk that was like their first three albums. They sort of got on the train a little bit later, usually because like, oh, yes, uh, a trans rock star. This is my person. And I, they still put on a really good live show, but I'm not sure I'll see them again just because it's it's just so different than how it used to be. And it really has a lot of credence for, and, and I'm sorry to just be like, yeah, they kind of suck because that's not what I'm saying to be like, hey, you like this band? <laughs> that's not what I'm getting at. But um the last time I saw them, they didn't even play uh, my pick, which is We Laugh at Danger and Break All the Rules, which is typically their closer. And 
it was a really short set and it was not high energy. And they're like, hey, here's a bunch of stuff on this new album. And it's mostly spoken word. And you don't know it yet because the album's not out yet. Hope you like it. And uh, after they left, everyone kept chanting for like an encore that would maybe include this. And they didn't. So the entire crowd of people who I had been seeing at these shows for years, I'm just like, yep, I know that guy's face. I know that guy's face. I only see them once a year at Against Me shows. And uh, we stayed there and we sang this entire song by ourselves without the band and just like mosh together until the grog shop kicked us out. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. Like, that is the worst. Like when you go to see a band and you love a band and they don't play that, that, that song that you love, but also like, yeah, like when that, that cha- when they change and like, I, I'm yeah, it makes total sense that like, you know, the maturing process of the young punks to kind of older, but like, that's still, I mean, it, it is, it is kind of disheartening a bit. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of bands, as they've been together for a long time, like uh, Reinventing Axl Rose, the album that that came out on, I think came out in like 1999, 2000. So like they've been playing that song pretty much for 20 years nonstop. And, you know, maybe maybe they're sick of it. I get that. But I don't know. I'm disappointed. Like that was always like the biggest communal experience because that was the one where it encourages everyone to scream and it encourages everyone just be like, yeah, we're young and we're reckless and we laugh at danger and we break all the rules. And none of their other set has ever really felt like that, where it just feels like everyone is there in this very concert spiritual experience together. Well, here's a a band that we, we both love. We laugh at danger, break all the rules against me.
the one band that I, I, I saw years and years ago that didn't play a song that I really wanted them to is I saw it was, uh, God, the distillers garbage mm-hmm. and no doubt and garbage didn't play special. Really? And it was, this was like 2003. So it wasn't uh-huh. that far removed from like that song being really big. And I was like, I love that song. That was, I mean, they played, you know, happy when it rains and like, well, uh-huh. they didn't play that song. I'm like, play the song, <laughs> but no, oh man, like against me, it's just one of those like bands that it's on all of my workout album or workout playlists. And uh-huh. just, uh, the, that, that older stuff is, has that energy, just that, like that, like it, it's dangerous. It's dangerous music to, to my brain, but in, mm-hmm. in the best way possible. And yeah, it's definitely like, you know, going to see a band like after, you know, especially like when they play new stuff, like I get it. Like, you know, you got to sell records, got to sell, but like when you have like such a long, large catalog, I'm like, yeah, I didn't come here to listen to the new stuff. I did, I, that's not why I bought the ticket, man. Like, come on, like play the stuff I like. You can sprinkle it in, but like, Yeah. Maybe I'm just uh, much in that way, but <laughs> I don't know. I, um, for my 21st birthday, I saw Radiohead live and somewhere I can feel Wes Allen cringing listening to this because <laughs> he hates Tom York so much. Sorry, Wes. Uh, I saw Radiohead live for my 21st birthday and it was, they were there's The spectacle was good. Like they had these giant screens that were moving around like eyeballs on them and stuff. Their set list was awful. Oh no. <laughs> where it's like, we're going to play we're not going to play creep which is fine they never play creep they pretty much haven't played it since like 1996 or something um we're not going to play that we're going to play nothing off the bends we're going to play like one song off of okay computer uh two songs off of kid a and just front load you with like an entire set list of our most recent albums and nothing else and uh. it was really bad <laughs> no like i so i for the most part, I'm not a huge fan of Radiohead. I, I do love Creep, and um, one of my, my roommates in California, he would, he was older than all of us because we were all just out of high school. He was just out of college. As a quote unquote lullaby, he would uh, play us "Fake Plastic Trees," mm-hmm. and so like I can't hear that song without kind of thinking about like th- that time in my life. But yeah, for for the most part, not a huge fan. But like again, like okay. I understand that Tom York hates creep, which, Hey man, I'm sorry. That song got you really famous. It made you a lot of money, but like, eh. but like, ugh, like I don't want to hear hail to the thief or whatever. Like I don't need to hear that. I don't want to hear King of limbs. Like no one, no one came for this. No exactly. one's here for that. <laughs> like you're not going to give us the bends at all. Oh, good Lord. Uh, I, I don't know, but I, the, the, musicians are artists. Yeah. I guess they can choose to give us whatever way they want. And I respect that. I'm not going to be like, dance for me, dance, puppet, dance. Like, I'm not going to be like really ridiculous about it. It's just, it's a bummer, I guess. And oh, no, it totally then, is. Then you move on. So now before like we, we go into uh, my next pick, you know, there's so many bands that have live albums. If there was a band, you know, we talked about, you talked about Matt and Kim. If there was a band that doesn't have a live album that would put out a live album, who would that be? For 12 to 15 years, I always said it was the darkness because they are one of the best live bands I've ever seen. And then they actually did drop a live album. Uh, It's, it's fine. It doesn't quite capture the energy of their live shows. 
but uh-huh. it's it's fine. <laughs> um, I I don't know if I have like a definite one because that was always my default for a really long time. Uh, uh, you answer first. Maybe I'll think of something by the time you have something. Well, I actually have something, and it's you might think that this is actually one I because I had this question prepared, but I was going to get you. Um, okay, it's a band that <laughs> is very close to you and your podcast. I would love to see to hear a Sonderbombs live album. Oh, I've yeah. never had the uh, pleasure of seeing the Sonderbombs live, which I, I w- hopefully will make that. Uh, but we'll change that once things open up. But I just have a feeling that uh, their live album would be fantastic because the energy mm-hmm. and the, their recorded music is amazing. So oh, yeah. I just, I can't imagine like I, it would be awesome. So like I would love a live album for the Sonder Bombs. I would love that too. Uh, so I, BJ and I think about this all the time where it's like, wow, are we like the fucking luckiest people ever that we got the Sonder Bombs to do the theme to our, to our uh, podcast? Now, like, they didn't do it. Like, they just let us use their song. But, but it's still, like, are we, like, kind of the coolest people ever? Because, like, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> that's super dope. Like, it's like, their new, I mean, their latest album is, oh, so good. Uh-huh. And, oh, I mean, no, no. Like, I was, like, I, I mean, I was very happy that, like, I got, you know, someone like uh, Kevin Aldridge has, has done songs for me. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. There was some, like, a little bit of, like, oh, it's so cool. Jealousy in my heart. Because, like, they're just, like. <laughs> <laughs> such a, and it's such a great song. You guys have a, a mm-hmm. phenomenal song, but like, yeah, that would be, that is pretty damn cool. Yeah. That might be my pick just cause I'm like, I, I don't have anything prepared and I love the Sonderbombs. I only ever got to hear them in passing. Uh, cause I would usually be working at May halls when they would be playing there. So I wouldn't actually get to go to the show. I'd be too busy, like mm-hmm. in the bar working. So I've not seen them live. I've heard them live, but uh, I would love to hear a uh, cloth bound. Cause even just seeing how much they grew from like that first album to yeah. the second one is amazing. And I would love to see how that translates live. I can't like, I, I mean, this you know, could very easily become a, an entire hour of just love of the Sonder bombs. But like, yes. <laughs> honestly, like they're going to become absolutely massive. Like, and like their, their influence is growing and growing and growing. And I, I, I once again, I will thank, uh, I think Wes was the one to turn me on to them. And I know mm-hmm. same thing with like Sam Ash, uh, other people, but like one of these days we're, we're going to be like this, you know, this band is going to take over the world. And like, they came from Lakewood. They were part <laughs> of us. And it's, oh, love them to death. They're the best band to ever come out of Cleveland, Ohio. That is, I like that. I, lofty claims because people be like, oh, the Dead Boys or a Mushroom Head or I, I don't know, Trent Reznor. But I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to take the Sonderbombs. Like that's that's my brand. That's more a preferred brand for me. So it's it's it's, it's my it's my thing. I, <laughs> I love I, it. It's I would be hard pressed. I mean, the only ones I think it would go against is and obviously a much different genre, Bone Thugs. But, you know, uh, do love Bone Thugs. Uh, but but I mean, but Sonder Bombs, that, that's that's it's more my speed. So I, I, yeah. I, I like it definitely better than Machine Fucking Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I almost want to censor that because I don't, I don't want that evilness on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, if you censor it, I, I guess I'll just mention that he almost hit me with his Escalade one time. <laughs> okay. I want to go to the next song. Got to hear the story. 
Um, yeah, he was doing a like some sort of appearance at a place in my neighborhood for it was like the street art store that sold like shirts and art. And his gimmick was that it would be like Bruce Lee, but he's got a pink donut or it's Walter White, but he's got a pink donut, like a very Simpsons looking donut. And it was like, that was his thing for some reason. And Machine Gun Kelly did an appearance and he was done. And I happened to be like walking through the parking lot and I see him get in. And as I like get there, like they whip around out, like to back out of the space. And I legitimately had to jump out of the way to not get hit by his car. <laughs> and I'm sure he wasn't driving. It was probably like his handler or whoever, but, but I was like, still, fuck you, Machine Gun Kelly. Fuck you, Machine Gun Kelly. Ugh. Okay. Well, another reason to hate him. It's a long <laughs> list, and we I think we all think uh, Kevin Owens for power bombing him because that was yes. the best. Oh, chef's kiss. Love it. All right. So my next is I actually I got the chance to see them when they were in town, and uh, I love their energy. It is a a ska band that is dear to my heart. Uh, it is the Aquabats. And it is the super rad. Ah, I love it. I also, I I sent my wife a text this morning saying, honey, I I need to create a new standing rule in the house. And she's like, oh, what? Like, well, to, to quote the great philosophers, the Aquabats, Friday's pizza day, the best day of the (laughs) week. And so we will not have pizza on Fridays, but like I let, I let it breathe for a minute thinking like it's going to be profound. And she's being saying like, I'm going to fucking pizza every Friday. Cause fuck it. I'm, I'm, I'm an it's, adult. It's like I you're in pizza. grade school again and there's always a pizza day. Hell yeah. So here we go from their live album, the Aquabats super rad. I got, I downloaded TikTok thinking like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to download it and check it out and I probably won't get into it. And then now uh, my wife and I have TikTok time before we go to bed where she watches <laughs> the 30 or 40 TikToks that I send her every day. 
Um, but one of my favorite things about TikTok is there's a guy, he's a punk from New Jersey, uh, Gravmaster Hash, who whenever any, like like when Rush Limbaugh died, puts up his obituary and he danced to Super Rad. And that is like uh, whenever anything bad happens to conservatives or assholes or Nazis, it's just him dancing to Super Rad in front of like the, the, the poster of it. And it, it is the greatest thing. Like when Rush Limbaugh died, I rushed to TikTok. Like it must be there. And it was. And it's amazing. <laughs> I love that so much. If I wasn't tethered to a laptop, I would have like, you know, stood up out of my chair and picked it the fuck up because I miss live scoffs so badly. I I love like ska is live ska to me is just I I love listening to live ska but like it just I love the energy of it and I want my all most of my favorite memories or experiences at, at live shows were ska shows mm-hmm. um like when I lived in Detroit uh, one of my favorite bands growing up was Five Iron Frenzy because for a while I decided I want to be Christian but they're mm-hmm. they're a ska band and I love them to death and I remember it was like 2013 and like I went down to the pit for one of the songs and then I'm dancing and the, me and this other guy who were clearly both in our thirties were like, we made eye contact. We're like, we're just stay for this one song and then we're getting back up to the balcony where we belong. But it's just like <laughs> when I saw the Aquabats, it's just like I was two stepping and it was just oh so much, so much energy. And I can't wait for um, the last uh, God, the one before that I saw, um, Real big fish, and uh, mm-hmm. we of the union opened up. And oh, I, I was at that show. I inadvertently met Scott Two Network because uh-huh. they, they were there, and I I remember like like thinking, oh man, like they are like the best trombone player I've seen in a long time. And I walked up, and I was like, oh, you're so awesome, and they were super nice, and they signed some stuff. And little did I know that like a, a year or two later, I would find this awesome. Uh, YouTube channel where they were making all these covers and stuff. And now like I like they're on TikTok and they're awesome and they're amazing. And it's just, Oh, that was a great show. Like I, like I, I love me some old dudes in Hawaiian shirts playing some sky music. That's uh-huh. that hit me. hits me in the feels. Ah, if you, if you had told me sooner, I could have turned you on to Scott Two Network like at the ground level. I was there in like the first 10,000 people to subscribe. Oh my God. That's a, oh. <laughs> Like that's it's a flex. because it, it should show up in my recommended thing because it's like, oh, you like ska and you like covers like me first and the gimme gimme's and shit like that. It's like, mm-hmm. would you like a bunch of ska covers? I'm like, yes, I would. You too. Thank you. Oh, they're just and like I, what I love is like they are also very active on TikTok and mm-hmm. like they answer the same questions over and over again. And so their patience is amazing because they'll be asked like, you know, what's the history of ska? Um, you know, does ska always have to have like horns, you know? Like, why is it their new ska? And they're like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to say this for the last fucking time. Things happened after real big fish. Like we <laughs> went like at things happened after the money, money boss tones. We kept going just because mm-hmm. you stopped. Doesn't mean we stopped, but yeah, uh, I mean my favorite, and this would be a great answer for it. If my answer wasn't already the Sonder bombs, but this band is broken up. So I would not get a live album from them. My favorite ska band is bomb. The music industry and they were holding down the fort from like 2005 to like 2011, which is like when no one was really listening to ska unless you were like really into ska. I mean, I fall in the same camp of like, I like, and that's why, I mean, one of the reasons I do this show is I push myself to listen to new music because mm-hmm. like you get to that age where like, you know, you listen, it's you know like, like TV shows, you watch TV shows that bring you comfort. You listen to music. 
But then like, mm-hmm. I, like having listened to them and like them saying like, yeah, like here's all this, these bands that like, you know, were in the early two thousands and kept on going. And then like mm-hmm. finding like their bands and like, uh, kill Lincoln and all these other bands like, man, like yeah, I missed out on like a decade and a half worth of ska. And so now uh-huh. I'm catching up again, but Oh, it's like, the, like I would have be hard pressed to like pick either my first live show back would either be my, what's going to be my last pick or a ska show. Cause like, mm-hmm. I, I think a ska show would be fun again, nerve wracking. Cause I'm doing a lot of dancing. That's a lot of heavy breathing, but like, it might be worth it to like, you know, welcome back normalcy with some aquabats. Uh-huh. Oh God. I would love that too. I, uh, like the newest tracks by We Are the Union, um, and I, I'm assuming it's probably just because I think Jer from Scotty Network is probably like expanding how they write songs a lot more, and it's influencing their music because um, the self care album is a little bit more straightforward pop punk, mm-hmm. and the first, the last like three or four singles they put out are very like, oh, this is like something really unique. This is something really really cool, yeah. and Jared's whenever got- that. Full Jared's album comes out, really it's going to be amazing. Yeah, no, Jarrah's pushing them really hard, and I really like that. I mean, talking about pop punk, also, like, I've uh, found a couple of bands on TikTok uh, uh, that are pop punk, that are newer bands. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, God, I'll, I'll send you some, some stuff, because, like, and that, that's another reason why I'm on TikTok, because I've found artists, like, um, former guests on the, on the podcast, Nerdy, found through TikTok. Mm-hmm. But, uh, oh, yeah, I miss Scott. Yeah. Come back to me, uh, Scott. Me, t- me too, but speaking of a man who has been holding down the fort for uh, since like, I don't know, the nineties, but didn't really uh, catch much steam in like the, the public eye outside of ska. Uh, that is Mr. Jeff Rosenstock from the arrogant sons of bitches and bomb the music industry. And now solo, he is my last pick for this. Uh, I really, there's not a lot of really phenomenal, live albums coming out these days. I think I mentioned that up at the towards the top of the show um, with like crowd involvement. Um, you'll, you'll get like a lot of the uh, legacy acts who will just sort of be like, I don't know, let's put out an album. Let's just record one of our shows because we're 60 and we don't want our song read anymore, which is fine. I, I respect that. <laughs> like it's, it's like we were saying, like nobody wants new songs from ACDC necessarily. Um, but Jeff Rosenstock dropped a two hour live album. It, it is my probably most listened to album of the of quarantine and uh yeah it's called thanks sorry and this is actually the opening song on his album worry which was all about uh the impending doom of the trump presidency and he predicted a lot of sentiments that would come to fruition over the next four years but for this concert it's actually the closing set And after everyone danced and screamed and is sweaty and gross and really feeling each other in every way possible, this is like the perfect way to just like bring everyone together, chill out for a little bit and like bring it on home. I think I love when an artist or artists like they know their art, their, their people enough. They know the perfect song and the perfect way to send everyone home. Mm-hmm. And like that, and I, I noticed that a couple of your, your tracks were like the last song on the album, kind of like the ending track. And I, 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 I those to me, like you had to start strong and end strong. And mm-hmm. I'm super excited to listen to this because I feel like this is going to be a, a, a strong ending. So here we go. Here's Jeff Rosenstock. We beg to explode. <laughs> wild 
Did you all plan that? Did you text each other? We're gonna run in the center. I've never moshed, my life is a lie. Let's party. Someone's gonna bleed and dribble trails in the snow. Stretching to the bus from an overstuffed home. Oh no. We beg to explode. Thank you so much. Have a good night. This egg is gonna be fucked! Our friends will disappear after they fall in love. Fall in love! Fall in love and get married! Isn't that shit like crazy? The working, the having babies, the promotions. The cheating, the crying, leaving, the divorcing. And as we're bouncing up and down, they try to make the floor break. Stop staring out of joy like it's a careless mistake. One of my favorite things about live albums is when the crowd sings along. Mm-hmm. And I love, Same. I love when the when the artist, like it's nice they were like for maybe a line or two, but like when they don't let the crowd sing the entire thing for some reason, I'm like, I paid to hear you sing. I hear <laughs> me sing every day in the car. I want to hear you sing it. But like, yeah, like <laughs> I, I love like when the, you know, again, it's a communal communal thing. Like we're all going to sing and we're sharing this. Oh, that's awesome. I am. I'm not as familiar with Jeff Rodenstock, but I really, I, you know, listen to a couple of tracks and, and cause I always like to like, listen, if I don't know the song, listen to it live on the oh, no. podcast, but I want to listen to it more. I want to listen to yeah. more of this mm-hmm. because I really like that. Oh, good. I'm glad. I, uh, I recommend worry is my favorite album by him. Uh, aside from the live album, uh, everyone really loves no dream that came out last year. Uh, it's basically like, Hey, you want depressing topics, but you want them to be sound fun and let out a lot of frustration at the same time. Perfect. We're going to give that to you in ELO arrangements and beach boy harmonies. I see you speak my language. A lot, big fan of ELO. Big, big fan. See, of there ELO. you go. <laughs> Love it. Good. Me too. Oh man. ELO. That's an, that's another album or that's another episode that I can definitely do. I, my dad turned me on to ELO at a very young age and, oh, I love them very much. Jeffrey Lynn is one of my I, favorites. I think they're just one of those most perfect bands that everyone like, how can you hate yellow? Like really though? I'm like, I, you really can't like, I mean, and like, because they have so many songs that have different, like, you know, the, the difference between don't let me down and Mr. Blue sky, but like, mm-hmm. they're so different yet. They're per- oh, I love them. I like, but all of their, you know, those are the most well known, but like, everything in between and it's just, oh, I love them all. I love them all so much. Me too. That discography is as deep as you want to make it. Because once you get past the singles, it's like, oh, this is a totally different band. Yeah. But it's oh, no, for still sure. the same band and it's great. And then, and I I, I, I kind of love that about bands. We're like, you know, like, you know, I feel like a little bit like Bernie Gillies where like you have like their big singles. But once you dig down deeper and drill down, there is an entire new band there waiting for you. 
whether, you know, it just can't, do you have the fortitude to like do that, to get past uh-huh. like, the stuff that you've heard on the radio a billion times? Exactly. So my last song is, um, you know, when I think of going to a live show, I um, lately have been going to a lot, like, you know, in the last couple of years, was, we'd go to live shows with my wife, my wife, um, <laughs> which I love saying, and the, the fact that uh, my wife will be a guest next week on this very podcast, which I'm super, super excited for. I'm excited for that, too. You have a, a whole month of really good guests coming up. Yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, you know, Kate Nix is great. Stepstool uh, is going to be great. Like, I'm I'm super excited. I am super, super grateful for, for you and for everyone else coming on the podcast. Getting my wife to come on the podcast. It's not, It's just like, she was like, really? You want me on the podcast? I'm like, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, to spoil things, like, we're going to talk about Irish music. My wife is Irish. My, my wife is very proud of her Irish heritage. And so next week we're going to be building a playlist on you're, go, you're going out to your St. Patrick's Day celebration. And there's mm-hmm. literally no one on the planet I could think I would want to have on there more than her. Um, but when, when I think about going to live music is I go, uh, going with my wife and the band that we've kind of fallen in love with together going to see is the Avet Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, she bought me tickets to, uh, we saw them at... Uh, Toledo, the Toledo um, Amphitheater, which is in the middle mm-hmm. of their zoo, which is a really cool space. Like we were sitting there and like off to the left are these big elk. And we're thinking like the second someone plugs in a guitar, they're gone. They live there. So they're like, they just kind of lay down, so kind of watch the stage. Like, huh, we're, we're cool. Yeah. Yeah. They're used to it. now, I yeah, guess. Like, like, we, <laughs> like we've heard, we've heard louder. Um, but like, so just going to see them and they just, I love their energy. Like she bought me for Christmas this past year. They did a New Year's Eve concert. You know, obviously no no uh, crowd, but they still brought the same energy. And so it was like a little like, oh yeah, this is what it likes to be at a, a live concert. And so uh, one of the songs that uh, we both love together, but I've I love I've loved it, you know before I met her, and it, it just has much more meaning now. Is uh, their song "I Am Loving You"? Um, mm-hmm. It's such a great song. Uh, on many, many levels. So here's that from their latest live album. They have a slew of live albums, but here is from that. Shit. 
Love them to death. They're way up there on my list of favorite bands now. Mm-hmm. I uh, I remember when that album came out. I found it through a, a college radio station based out of Oberlin that would play a kick drum heart all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, was real into that album the year it came out and was like, well, now I'm just I'm just committed. We're just going to follow you for the rest of forever. <laughs> They're just, oh, I, I like that album. I found that album through, it was the, like the year came out. I like that end of that year, they had like you know, the best albums of the year and I was mm-hmm. living in Lansing, Michigan. And so like, I went to the library like, Oh, I'll just buy, like, I'll just borrow all the albums of the year and just listen to them. And I had never heard mm-hmm. of them before. And like, that's the first song on the album. And it was like, yeah, hooked. And I just kept listening to it, listening to it. And then going back. Um, and it just, to, to this day, I mean, like I, I said on the, um, uh, the episode with, with Andy, I listened like you know, their song D-Bag Rag, first date with my wife. I listened to that on the train home because it was my nice little like happy dance song. And like that just uh-huh. it's a it's it's which is funny when I told her that I'm like, you listen to a song called D-Bag Rag after our first date. I'm like, OK, context. It's, it's, it's <laughs> instrumental. And you got to have context. But uh I love him to death. So now here is the, the, the part of the podcast where we're wrapping up uh, one. Thank you so much for coming on. It's just really good to see you. It's really good to catch up. I, I miss you. Same. I miss you and BJ, but I'm so happy that you guys are, you know, in, I don't say a better place, but like, you know, let, let's, let's be real. It's a place that is probably better for you in the long run. Um, but you are, you are missed, but you know, tell the fine folks how they can find all of your projects and just find you out there in the world without giving your address, uh, like in the digital sets. Not, we're not. Yeah, no, uh, I, so fun fact, you mentioned it at the top of the show. Uh, <laughs> I made the turfs angry with an article I wrote, uh, about earlier in uh, February, and uh, I had to go ahead and fill out stuff so I don't get doxxed. <laughs> so, yeah, no addresses, just yeah. internet only. It, uh, I, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Velocitraptor, Velosa underscore trap underscore tour. I post all the stuff that I do there. I have been doing a lot of writing. I've got at least three more things on the horizon that'll be coming out in the next month or so. So there's that. I also co-host a podcast, which Ben so graciously mentions all the time. And then I go, oh, goodness. Uh, <laughs> it's called This Ends at Prom. I host it with my wife. And it's mostly consists of her showing me teen girl movies that I never watched growing up because I was all in that teen boy life. And uh, there's a couple that I, I've seen, like uh, one of the ones we have coming up, I think think it'll be maybe this week who knows but uh it's one that i'm a huge fan of and i mostly just gush about how much i love it for 30 minutes rather than critically breaking it down so <laughs> if you want to see any of the stuff that i do uh and you enjoyed my exuberance and burst of energy just from seeing someone from back home because i mostly stare at my walls and don't actually get to interact with other people anymore uh you can find me there and i 
really appreciate you letting me come on and and ramble for like an hour and a half, Ben. Oh no, I, I always appreciate you. Well, thank you, and I I, I am super happy. And also, uh, please also, uh, there's a Patreon attached to this pot to their podcast. I'm a patron. Um, and I, that is honestly not just because I'm friends with you both because it is worth oh. the money. There's extra content. You get a monthly playlist. So please, 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 if you can, you know, in a place where you can think about supporting them on Patreon because it's a great, it, it really is like, honestly, if I, even if I were not friends with you, I would love the podcast because it's just an interesting take on these movies, you know, movies that I, I grew up loving and it's just, it's a fun framing and, you know, heart, or you are, you know, very knowledgeable. BJ is an encyclopedia of, of movies yeah. and like her analysis on things is, um, I mean, like one of the episodes that I just, I, I was catching up on a couple, the fault in our stars episode, um, mm-hmm. obviously a very personal episode for, for BJ given her history. And it was just, uh, you know, it's just, it's a great podcast. If you are a fan of movies, I highly recommend it. So please, please, please support Rate, review, subscribe. Give them that. I'll steal this from Wes. Give them that Dave Meltzer five star. <laughs> it's okay. We steal stuff from the Why Did We Ever Meet podcast all the time where it's like business in the front, party in the butt. Yeah. I, oh, God. Great podcast. Um, and so if you want to know about that podcast, I am a proud member of the Jabroni U Podcasting Network. Along with uh, this podcast, we have Why Did We Ever Meet, the Draft Podcast, Flow and Tell uh, new Jabroni Pro Wrestling and Locals Barbershop. So go to jabroniu.com. You can go to our uh, our thread list and buy a, picture, buy a T-shirt with my face on it. I don't own that. Again, Daniel on this web, on, the, on our site owns a, t- a p- t- T-shirt with my face on it, which I think is hilarious, and I love it to death. Um, <laughs> you can also follow me on, uh, on Twitter at uh, Biff Radio. I got my personal Twitter back up and running after it being... It got banned because I call the racist a racist. So that's at band Ben SC on Twitter. We're on Instagram at Biff radio one. Um, again, thank you so much for being on, on the, the show harmony again, miss you, but I'm so happy for you and all the amazing things that are coming your way. I'm excited for, you know, living vicariously. like when you get to go to like in and out burger or get to go to the beach and get to live that California lifestyle. <laughs> Uh, I'm looking forward to it too. And I might actually post pictures to my Instagram once I can go places and do things. And then you can live vicariously through me there. All right. Well, <laughs> awesome. And then please come back next week. Um, it's an episode that I did not think was going to happen, but I'm super excited. My wife is going to be on. It's going to be great. So uh, until next week, thank you for listening. Love you. Stay safe. We'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs>